0: amen well we yet have even more gifts to give away if you're here today and you don't own a bible if you hold your hand up we'd love to give one to you this is our gift to you we want you to get a copy of the word of god we want you to get in the word of god we want you to study the word of god know the word of god how about live the word of god let me encourage every one of you make sure that there's bible coming into you every day okay you know take a scripture uh, you know Isaiah 32:18. my people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation a secure dwelling a quiet resting place Take take that scripture every day read it and repeat it and read it and repeat. It. Get it down on the inside of you so that you know exactly where you're headed Let me tell you where you're headed today. You're headed to a peaceful habitation You're, you're going to come to a secure dwelling place. You are going to find yourself living in a quiet resting place Why because that's god's will for your life. That's god's plan for your life And if you'll do life god's way, you'll get god life results. Amen so get the Word of God in your life. Don't think that just, you know, well, once a week we, we listen to a message. That's not enough. You've got you to press in a little bit deeper and start applying it to your life and let the Word of God change the way you think, the way you feel, the way you make your choices. Amen? So hold your Bible up in the air with me. Lift it up. Let's make our confession together. Say, this is my Bible. Say, I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I choose to do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit from this moment forward. Say, I'll never be the same. Shout it out, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give somebody a high five now. Right. <laughs> Amen. Y'all wore out after boat race weekend. Been out there in the sun, is having your energy sucked out of you. By, you know, wow. It's good to be in the house of God, isn't it? And good to be in the presence of God. Hope hope you're happy you're here. We're happy you're here. We believe that God's doing some great things. We've been talking about the path. And, you know, we've got it on the wall. The plan that God has for your life is to prosper you. It's not to harm you. Aren't you glad God's on your side? He's not trying to harm you. He's trying to help you. Right? He's not putting you down. He's lifting you up. And he says he's got a hope and a future. God's got a hope and a future. And sometimes I think we sit down and, and we're thinking that, well, you know, if God's got a future, then and he's going to make it happen. No, God's got a future, and we are going to make it happen. Right? We're going to do God life his way. We've got to do it his way. A lot of us think that we can do anything we want and get the result that God promised. No, to get the result that God's word promises, you've got to do what God's word says. Matthew 6, 33. We know this one. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, and everything else will be added to you. we got to... First thing on our mind has got to be the will of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his way of doing and being right. What would God do in this situation? How how does God want me to handle this this moment in life? How my attitudes and my emotions and my thoughts and and, and you know really it's just wanting God's way and having the heart and the ability to trust God that when I do what he said that he's going to produce what he promised every single time. I've got to trust God, right? Look at in Psalms. We'll put this one up. Psalm sixteen, eleven. He said, "You will show me the path of life." Everybody say the path of life. Let's say it again. The path of life. Say it with some gusto. The path of life. Right. The path, not a path. The path. He will show me the path of life. It, you know, a lot of people think that there's multiple ways to God. There isn't. Jesus said, I am the way. He's not a way. He is the way. And God life, There's only one way to do it. You can't live however you want to. You've got to do what God's word says to do. And and the crazy thing is, is that his grace empowers us to do what he's asked us to do. So we're, we're not doing it on our own. Remember Micah 6.8. He has shown you, old man, what is good. Love Justice love mercy, do justice and walk humbly with God. We're walking with God. And when you're walking with God, you're on the path. And in his presence, there is fullness of joy, fullness of joy in his presence. How do I get in his presence? By walking the path because he's walking with you on the path. He won't walk with you off the path, but he will walk with you on the path. Right. So when you're on the path, you are in his presence where you're in his presence. There is fullness of joy. And pleasures forevermore. Pleasures forevermore. Well, well, what's what's that? That's that's like, you know, Krispy Kreme donuts and Cadillacs. No, pleasures. That word pleasures, if you look it up and study it, it actually means a joyful song or melody that flows out of your heart. I think these are indicators that we should use, kind of like the flashing yellow light at Dead Man's Corner. When you're approaching that corner and you're seeing that light flash, you know, I probably should slow down. Can't take that corner at ninety miles an hour. That, that's an indicator that something's coming up. Here's an indicator for your life that you know the joy is is lacking. The song that's coming out of your life is is, is not is probably not a good song. What does it mean? It means you've, you're wandering off the path. You know that the, the Bible tells us over and over and over that you know if, if we're led by the Spirit. If we're led by the Spirit, if we walk in the Spirit, that we truly are the sons of God. You know, to be led by the Spirit, Romans 8, 6 says to be carnally minded is death. We know death isn't dead. Death is separation. So to be carnally minded will separate you from the very life that Jesus came to connect you to. But to be spiritually minded, that's a guarantee of life. Hello? You know, so we we just have to realize that guardrails are required on the path you got to have some guardrails. you gotta, you got to have some boundaries. You know, we're, we're born again. We're, we've got this insane liberty and freedom. But it's, it's the freedom to make the right choices. It's the freedom to, to pay attention to life and make sure that we don't wander off the trail. God, there is a path that God has prepared for your life, and you want to be on that path. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered the heart of any man the things which God hath prepared for them who love him. Do you love God today? Well, then you can rest assured that there are some things that he has prepared, made ready in advance. He got some stuff ready for you so that when you get to where you're going, you'll have what you need to do what you've been called to do. There, everything that you need in life. Doesn't the Bible say that he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness? The CEV version says that He is. we have everything we need to live a life that pleases God. What's going to please God? That you prosper. What's going to please God? That you're filled with hope. What's going to please God? That you embrace the future that he's planned for your life. You know, the good life. That God has for you. All you got to do to have a head-on collision with God life is stay on the path. It's easy to wander off the path. The Bible tells us that. Everybody sinned. The word sin simply means to miss the mark or wander off the path. It's easy to wander off the path. It's also very easy to get back on the path. You know, we make that a whole lot more difficult than we ought. You know, we, we, we think we've got to come up with 12 hoops and jump through them, and if it looks too easy, we set the hoops on fire. But the reality is, it's very simple to get back on the path. You know what's difficult? is admitting, I'm off the path. We wander off the path, and then we come up with all kinds of excuses to justify why we are off the path. You, you know, and we don't want to call what we do sin. We call that weakness. Right? I'm just weak in that area. No, it's sin. If you're, if you're off the trail, you're, you're in sin. If you're on the path, you're in righteousness. You're doing is God's way of doing and being right. And we 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 we're really good at figuring out who in the crowd is off, as long as we're looking out. Well, you don't have to worry about the guy sitting next to you or your spouse or your kids. How about you stay on the path? You know, Acts 16:31 in the Message says, "When you put your entire trust in the Master Jesus." You will live life the way you are supposed to, and your whole house too. But you put your entire trust in the Master Jesus. Here's the problem, is that we, it's easy to say we trust God, but it's a little bit more difficult to demonstrate that trust. See, if you have surrendered your life to God, He is now in control of your life. You know, when you go to a funeral and you, you hear that, that scripture, it's often used at funerals. And, and I don't know, I think we think they're talking to the guy in the box. That guy is too late. Okay. The Lord is my shepherd. No, he's talking to the people you know, who, who are there today to celebrate and honor that life. But the, but the scriptures for for the living, right? The Lord is my shepherd. Well, the shepherd, who's that? He's the one who directs my steps. See, if God directs my steps, then he's in control. If I've surrendered my life to God and I totally yield to God, now he's in control. You can't say God is in control if you have not yet surrendered to God. Because God ain't in control. You are. Right? Or whatever force that you've allowed to be in control. And we talked about that, you know, the forces that form your future. What force is forming your future? Is it a godly force or is it an ungodly force? You surrender to different forces. Well, if you have surrendered to God and He is in control, then you don't have to worry. You don't have to be filled with fear. And you can't complain. See, if God's in control, why why would you complain? Because when you're complaining, you're making a statement that if I were in control, I'd do a better job. See, when you're telling your wife how she ought to do what she does in the house you're suggesting you could do a better job and she ought to step back and let you do it now, i knew that would be popular <laughs> the just end all the complaining right now we we shouldn't be complaining what we should be trusting put your entire trust in the master jesus see if here's the deal is that if you live god life and you do it god's way you're going to get god's result so if you stay on the path You're going to have the collision with the things that he has prepared for you. He's made ready in advance. What does that mean? It means that there are things that God has prepared for you along the path. So all the enemy has to do to get you separated from the things that God has prepared for you is to get you off the path at the right moment so that you miss the stuff that God's prepared for you. So then you get to where you're going. You're in the right place at the right time with the wrong stuff. How many of us have ended up in situations and circumstances and we were not prepared for what we were facing? And then we want to blame the situation on everybody else and everything else and on what happened. Wait, God is not leading you in there blind. He is, he is positioning you to win and succeed in every given situation. But you've got to stay on the path. You see, the enemy, he, he's got us in a in one of our areas of, uh, we, you, you might call non-strength, it's just called ignorance, because we, we wander off the path, and then we want God to go back and move the stuff that he prepared for us to another spot that we like to be at, because there certain places we like and certain places we don't. Unfortunately, in life, we just got to get our big boy pants on and do it God's way. If you do it God's way, if I promise you, if you do life God's way, the end result is going to be stinking crazy good. Okay? You're going to love life. Look at your neighbor and say, man, you're going to love life. Pleasures forevermore. Pleasures forevermore. Look at this with me. John chapter 19. And Jesus, this is in in, in the story where Jesus has gone to the cross. And we're starting here today. It says, after this, and I just need you to understand that this was pretty substantial. You know, what he had been through to this point, and we're going to talk about after this, and, and I don't want you to forget that the this is bigger than any of your that, okay? You've got some stuff, but it don't compare to anything that this is describing. After this, he'd been through a lot, okay? And now we reach this point. And Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now there was a, uh, set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, right, yeah, and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. Look at verse 30. And when Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he didn't reject it, he received it. And I I, I don't want to go real, you know, wander too far off the trail here today, but I just want to submit this thought as we're wandering down this trail, that Jesus received it. How many times have there been things in your life that you knew was going to leave a bitter taste in your mouth, and you rejected it? He just received it. He he received it. And and after he had received it, he said, it is finished. He did not say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. And the thing, here's here's my thought, is that the thing that's going to leave the sour taste in your mouth might be the end of the thing that's driving you crazy. So instead of rejecting it, why don't you just receive it so it can be finished? Just a thought. And, And he bowed his head. He gave up the ghost. Now the Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for the Sabbath day was a high day, they besought Pilate that their legs might be broken so that they could be taken away because there's nothing that ruins a party like a bunch of dead Christians hanging on a tree, okay? So we've got to get them down get them out of sight. And then came the soldiers and broke the legs of the first and the other which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was dead already, and they broke not his legs, But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. Okay, and I just I just want to take a couple minutes, and I want you to just hang with me here for just a second. Okay, we are on the path. We are doing life God's way, His way of doing and being right. Okay, so today, if we can get receptive, we can learn something about ourselves that'll help us get on the path and stay on the path and know when we're wandering off the path. See, Here, here's our, our our heart, you know, the leadership team. Here's our heart. We want to help you find the path. We, we want to help our community find the path of life. We don't want you to just live. We want you to have life, the life that Jesus came to give you, life in abundance to the top till it overflows. We're talking about more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack, more health than sickness. God life. God life. Don't want you to miss out on God life. We want want you to find the path. And here's his way of dealing with life. Uh, He was crucified. Now, Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet it's not I that live, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. Right? Right? You Bible people, right? Okay. Here's the deal. I'm crucified with Christ. If you're born again, you're crucified with Christ. So if you're crucified with Christ and you read the story, he's dead, right? It's not I that's living, but it's Christ that's living in me. The life I now live or I now live the life. I'm now living the life, not a life, the life. I'm living life God's way, okay? And if I'm in Christ, then I'm dead and Christ is living through me, right? We, we talked about getting a cadaver and bringing it in here for illustration, but Shelby thought it was probably a poor idea. Because I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we had a cadaver and we could just prop it up here and you could come up and call him names and slap him and poke him and make fun of him and talk about his hairdo. And he don't care. Why? Because he's dead. Ever ever tried to hurt the feelings of a dead person? You know, it's a picture uh, of how we're supposed to be in Christ. Now, I'm not telling you this is easy. I got I got a switch. I got my buttons. I'm trying to relocate my buttons, get, eliminate the buttons, get rid of the switch. You know, because there are times when, you know, especially when, when, when I'm really tired. How about you? You know, there are times when, when I'm really tired that people come up and they kick, kick it, and they start messing with my switch. And, dude, you don't want to do that, okay, because uh, I'm, I'm not totally Christ-like yet. I'm trying. Christ is being formed in me. I'm better... I get the big amen out of Todd right here. I'm way better than I used to be. See, okay, but, but, but I'm not done yet. It's kind of like Paul said. Guys, I'm not telling you I have already attained, but I'm pressing toward it. Okay, I'm going there. Here's the deal. You know, when, when I'm tired and and, and and that switch gets, you know, and I, I can lose it, and the reality is is that if when I'm totally dead, that that's no longer going to be an issue. I'm not telling you this is easy. I'm just telling you it's possible. If you want to, if you want to, you can, you can allow Christ to be formed in you. And these guys come, they, they come to Jesus and they pierce him with a spear. And I'm going to tell you something. That there are people in your world who are going to wound you. There, there, are, there, are, there are people and there are situations. Certain, some people don't even mean to, but, but they do. They, they, they pierce you. And the issue is what comes out. Of you when you're wounded. See, what, what flowed out of Jesus was blood and water. Everybody say blood and water. Okay, blood. Let's talk about it. What does blood do? Blood, the blood of Christ, removes sin. So it's forgiveness. It's extravagant forgiveness. So I just want to ask you this morning, what comes out of you when you're wounded? Instantly, if you're crucified with Christ and you are now living the life, Then forgiveness has to flow out of you, and if forgiveness does not flow out of you, you're you're not you you're you're getting pushed off the path. It's going to be easy to wander off the path if if you're walking around with unforgiveness in your life. And I know what you're thinking, and I know the thoughts that are going through your head. You're going to say, "Yeah, but they haven't come to me and asked for forgiveness." And, and there's a book that you ought to read by Andy Andrews. Okay, Andrew Andrews. His mom and dad loved him. Andy Andrews, uh, wrote, he's written a lot of great books. The, book, the book's called The Traveler's Gift. You ought to read the book because there's seven lessons that this guy learns. You know, I don't want to tell you the whole story because then you don't need to read the book, and you need to read the book because it's a great book. And, and uh, in the book, one of the seven lessons for success in life, he talks about the, the power of forgiveness. And, and he makes this great point that you can't find it written anywhere, including in the Bible, where in order for forgiveness to flow through your life, someone needs to ask for it. You know, a lot of us, we're justifying our our unforgiveness because the people that we want... To come on bended knee like a beggar, you know, and and please forgive me for I am wrong. See, we're not wanting to release forgiveness. We're wanting, you know, to to see some insane humiliation placed upon somebody else's life. You have you have the power to release extravagant forgiveness, and when you are in Christ, when you're wounded, that needs to flow first. Over 2,000 years ago, you were forgiven. Now, whether or not you receive it, that's on you, but God forgave you already. You're you're forgiven. Forgiven. Two words put together to make one word. For, in advance. Given represents a gift. A gift is something that's given to someone who's done nothing to deserve it. It wouldn't be a gift if you had to earn it. So you don't have to earn forgiveness. You just receive the forgiveness that's already been released. It's, and, and in advance, it's all about the future. It's really, it's really not about the past. So you think that if you forgive somebody, that means that they were right. No, it means you're smart. Because if, if you don't forgive, you're in prison. They're not. You are. Right? They, they, they are now seated on the throne of your life, and they can't even remember your name. They don't care about you at all. They are not laying awake at night going, ha, 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 got him. They can't even remember what they did. This weekend, free market, running around handing out popcorn. A guy calls me to the side, and we're going to just talk, and we're going to visit. And we we get over there, and he says, uh, you don't remember me, do you? I went, <laughs> no. Okay, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, not, you know. I'm looking at him thinking, I hope it's not a relative. Because, uh, you know, well, there, there are times, there there are times, uh, you know, in the middle of the night, Stephen comes on my, life, I don't know who he is. Uh, you know, okay, do, do you, you know, I mean, does not that make you feel kind of weird when somebody says that? You don't remember me, do you? Mm-mm. And uh, he goes, well, a few years ago, somewhere like, like 10, 15 years ago, I was at the, you know, Divorce papers have been filed, and you know we're, we're at a divorce, and and I I came in to uh, to to get counseling, and they so they sent me to you. Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you guys, I, I'm not a counselor. You know, if you're looking for somebody, you know, that gift, you know, God bless counselors, because they, they they actually sit and listen, and uh, uh, and and care, and uh, it, it's. Well, and, and, you know, I care about your future, you know, I mean, and, and I love you. I'd die for you, but it's just not, that's just not my gift. I'm just, you know, if you want to know what does the Bible say, come see me. And then, by golly, you better do it. But, uh, uh, but anyways, back to my story. He, he said, uh, they, they, they sent me to you, and he said, and I walked in, and I talked for a while, and I told you the story, and you looked across the desk at me, you looked me right in the eyes, and this is what you said. What exactly do you want me to do about it? And I could hear myself actually saying it. You know, so now I, I can't deny it because, yeah, you know, you got all these years and all these bad decisions. And the night before divorce court, you want to come in here and let me anoint you with oil. And you're going to go out and your wife's going to love you. And you're still a jerk. You know, uh, you know, you got here. What do you want me? I, and, anyways, the story. Uh. He said, I left that meeting. He said, I was so mad at you. He says, I was so angry at you. And he said, and I wouldn't even be here today if I I had known you were the pastor of this church. We wouldn't be in the parking lot. He said, but I'm standing there, and I realize I need to forgive you. And, you know, here's the deal, guys, is that good people, that would be me, can do things to hurt other people. And you go through life for years controlled by that unforgiveness. It hasn't impacted my life. It's impacted his. And he had a revelation, and thank God, you know, we were able to, you know, it was a great moment. But here's the deal is that that, for, that, that unforgiveness, you're, you're not punishing the other person. You're punishing yourself. And, 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 you know, th- there are people who do it on purpose. They intend to hurt you. But why give them that much authority in your life? Stop. Th- that's going to push it. Here's why it's so easy to get a great Christian guy off the path. Because all he's got to do is get another idiot to say something to you, and you step off the path. And then all the healing and restoration and future and and provision that God has for your life, you miss it because you're not on the path. What comes out of you when you're wounded? Blood is instant forgiveness. Water, that's the source of life. It's refreshing. It's it's life-giving words that come out of you. The Bible tells us, don't speak death, only life. What comes out of you when you're wounded? because the reality is is you're going to get wounded. You every one of us have been wounded and every one of us will be wounded again. And even if we stayed here we're going to wound each other. Cuz you're going to say something and I'm going to say what do you want me to do about it? And you know you're going to have to you're going to have to realize that you got to let Christ be formed in you if you're going to have the end result that God's word promises you. Extravagant forgiveness. Nobody's got to come ask for it. Would it be nice? Sure. Are they going to? Probably not. They don't remember it. It's not their issue. And instead of speaking, you know, death, speak life. And guys, we're we we got all we we got all the loopholes. We find them, you know, and, and we do stuff in the name of of spirituality. And we get, you know, brother Mark, you and I, you know what. We, just, we, we really need to visit. I just want to have coffee with you because you and I, we need to pray for Glenn. And let me tell you why we need to pray for Glenn. You would not believe what Glenn did to me. And I'm not asking him to pray for Glenn's benefit. I'm, I'm asking to vomit out my, my junk that's against Glenn so that I can find somebody to get, get in agreement with me about how nasty Glenn is. Glenn's walking out now. Here, here's the deal, guys, is you might feel justified. You might think, I have the right to hold this. What they did was wrong, and, and they, they, they don't have a leg to stand on, and I'm right, and I have the right. You, okay, you can make that choice, but that choice is going to keep you off the path. You also have the right to be smart. You also have the right to live in victory. You also have the right to receive what God's prepared for you, but you can't have both. I'm sorry, you you can't live your life and get God-life results unless you live God-life. You can't do it. You can't break biblical law, right? I'm sorry, it ain't going to work. And it's not a real popular message in today's secular society. You know, we we want to widen the gap and be all inclusive, and it doesn't make any difference what you think or believe or how you live. You know, you know, we, we just we just want to love everybody. Well, we, of course we love everybody, but we can't lie to them. You know, we can't just stand here and tell you, yeah, you're you're looking good. Knowing at any moment they're going to hell. You know, you you can actually make it to heaven, but have hell on earth. Why why? Why not have the life that God prepared for you? Why not press in and say, you know what? I'm going to do it God's way. I want to read one more scripture. Proverbs 4, 20 through 27 in the the CEV. He said, my child, listen carefully to everything. Say everything. Not just the parts we like. To everything he says. And I got to tell you something. There's some stuff that God says I wish he hadn't have said. But he didn't ask me. He just said it. We got to do all of it. Listen carefully to everything I say. Don't forget a single word, but think about it all. Meditate the Word of God. Medi- meditate the Word of God. Knowing these teachings will mean true life. True life it's found in the Word of God. It's in the Word of God. You're going to find true life, great health for you is in the Word of God. Carefully guard your thoughts. You know, be careful, guys. Guard your thoughts. You can't think whatever you want. He said, My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You got to think God's thoughts. They're the source of true life. See, the way you think determines the way you see, and the way you see determines the way you live. So if you're thinking wrong, you're seeing wrong. If you're seeing wrong, you're living wrong. And God wants you to live it right. Guard your thoughts. Don't tell lies or be deceitful. Oh, that's, that's, that's where I'm on. I'd never lie. Okay. So if the Word of God says it this way, but you're saying it this way, who's the liar? I'm going to tell you, we, you know, I'm not finished, but I'm done just because of time. But let, me, let me just tell you something, that if we want to, we can go in the Word of God and we, we, can, we can educate ourselves and we can realize that instant forgiveness is a requirement for God's life. Okay? There's no way to justify unforgiveness. So no matter what you say, if it's not, I forgive, then it's deceit. And he said, never forgive. Be deceitful. Why? Look at verse 25. you got to keep looking straight ahead. Quit turning aside. No more off ramps. 26. Know where you're headed. Know where you're headed. See the God life, the path, the path. This is a requirement to stay on the path. And it will keep you on solid ground. Don't make a mistake by turning right or to the left. If, if you divert from the path. You're making a big mistake. You're making a big mistake. You've got to stay on the path. The biggest mistakes, the biggest mistakes that we ever make are when we come up with a different path than the path for God's life. What comes out of us? Blood and water. And if it's not coming out of you, then you gotta go to God and you gotta say, you know what? I guess I need Christ to be formed in me some today. I'm gonna press in and I'm gonna grow and I'm gonna quit trying to make everybody else be the you know, be responsible. No, nope, I'm taking responsibility for my life. Where where we are today is a direct result of the decisions and the choices that we've made. And here's the cool part is that if we don't like where we are, we can change it. We just make different decisions, different choices. And when we make life choices, we get a life result. Amen? Close your book, bow your head, let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are showing us the path of life. And we choose to walk that path. Father, it's our choice to do life your way. Your way of doing and being right. Help us, Lord. Give us us wisdom and insight and revelation and understanding. And like your word says, enlighten the eyes of our understanding. So we might see the hope, the hope of the calling, that we, we can realize that we can actually be in the place that you've called us to be, living the life you created us to live. So, Father, we just thank you today. We thank you for what you're doing in us and through us. And Father, we, just, we, we strive to allow Christ to be formed in us. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I just want to ask this question. If you're here today, in just a moment, we're all going to pray together. And I want to ask you, are are you on the path? If you're not on the path of life, Jesus is the way. If you've wandered off the path, if you've never been on the path, make this prayer that we're all going to pray today, make it your personal prayer.